What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Circular Slime. It's me, your boy Skinny. I'm joined by Jazzy J and the one and only Ozzy Fresh. Happy Hangover Monday to everyone who watched football yesterday. How we doing? <laughs> How you Tired. holding up, Jay? Tired? <laughs> Tired. Stomach's killing me, but uh, it's good, man. Coming after a nice little Dolphin W. Can't complain. There we go. Nice. So welcome, everyone, to the show. We're so excited to have you. Uh, we had a full slate of games yesterday. Football finally returned from the 1 o'clock hour all the way to the 8 p.m. hour. We saw a Dolphins victory. We saw Tom Brady beat the brakes off the Cowboys. Uh, just a full slate of games. And uh, before we go any further and get into all those other games, we're going to have what we're going to call like a local hour We're just where we're just going to discuss the Miami Dolphins and the performance of yesterday's games. And then after that, we're going to run through a full slate of all of uh, yesterday's NFL games. And I'm going to warn you guys right now, Stephen A. and Skip Bayless in his prime have nothing, have nothing on what they're about to see between me and Jazzy J. So it's going to get good. Buckle your seats and let's get right fucking to it. Uh, which one of you wants to go first? I- I'll let you. I'll let you pick, Jason or Slime. I'll counter punch. So go You'll for counter- it. <laughs> All right, cool. So we got Jason on the counter punch. Slime, give me your key takeaways from yesterday's victory over the New England Patriots in a twenty to seven win. Well, our defense didn't skip a beat, right? Um, I'll bet we did have some pretty, pretty horrid tackling habits again. It looked like we were the Dolphins of years past that just hate to wrap up and tackle for some reason. Uh, so aside from a lot of the broken tackles that we did see letting the Patriots get into, you know, easy first downs on third and longs over and over again, uh, the defense obviously showed out. We had a strip sack for a touchdown. We caught an interception that would uh, in the end zone. Um, so it was just phenomenal to see. That was like the key thing for me that our defense showed the fuck up for sure. All right, Jason, I'm going to come to you. Key takeaways from yesterday's victory. The defense, like everybody's going to say. I mean, the defense, uh, we spoke about this yesterday. Defense wins championships. Uh, the defense was fantastic. They, There's a couple things, you know, that we need improvement on. But um, I, I thought that is going to be the clear strength of our team. It's going to be the defense this year. And, you know, that, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I would have to agree the defense was the key takeaway from yesterday's game. But not just that. One thing that I want to emphasize, um, it's clear that we really missed Byron Jones. Although Nick Needham had a fairly decent game, but there was a couple plays he got beat. And everybody that was on any player on the Patriots who caught a catch was not being covered by Xavier Howard. And I also thought it was super interesting how he was just following Devontae Parker the whole game. So it's almost as if the defensive coordinator said, Fuck everybody else. We're going to take him out of the game, and we're going to have to make everybody else beat us. Did you guys feel the same way, and how much do you think we missed Byron Jones? Jay, I'll let you go first. You know, it's clear that we did miss him uh, because you saw that there was a lot of plays that the catches were being made opposite of what, you know, like you said, X on the field. Um, But there were some promising signs in that young kid, Kohu. 
I believe he made like yeah, three, tater, four tater. big in- yeah. impact plays that you you recall them. Um, and, and it was like we spoke about during the off season, you know, next man up, the next man up mentality. And it seems like that's infiltrating into the locker room. Uh, and I, I, yes, you can see that the uh, secondary was lacking a little, but I think it's encouraging that that was game one. That was the way we performed. It's only going to get better. They're going to figure out the kinks, get everything out of the way and push forward. And I think that's encouraging. And there was a lot of young players that made some plays that we need to keep our eye on that we weren't even talking about prior to the season starting. Yeah. And uh, somebody that we have been talking about, I mean, we've been talking about this guy since last year. He looked like the best player on the field, period. And I'm not talking Javon Holland. I'm talking Brandon fucking Jones. (laughs) You're stealing my name right out of my mouth. I was like, this guy was literally on every play the whole damn game phenomenal slime if you want to speak some more about him go ahead no i was just like like piggybacking on that like he was just everywhere i think he led the team in tackles and assisted tackles as well and every play every big play he was there you see his number there and you're like you know it caught me off guard at first i'm like oh byron jones i'm like oh no he's not here that's definitely brandon jones and he's just you know just laying the fucking wood down on people and just being a big strength and core of that defense which was you know great 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 to see yeah jay you holding your breath yeah, no, that, that that's one of the points I'm trying to make is that they were so good. You saw all these players coming up that it, it's encouraging to see even without Byron Jones or, or uh, you got other players like Kohu and Brandon Jones stepping up, making impact plays, being in on every defensive situation that we have. And that's that's beautiful because, you know, where the hell was Jason Phillips? I mean, good Jalen <laughs> Phillips, like guy, where yeah. like not once did we call his name, but only to say, yo, are you even playing? So guys like that, they should be getting better. We should be getting stronger. The defense flows zero defense. I mean, thank God for that. That's the one good thing we got out of that, right? So I'm encouraged. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I thought the defense played overall very well. Jalen Phillips actually was able to recover that forced fumble that Kohu made, but That's I was right. watching the film. And uh, holy shit, their tackle was just locking him down. He had no moves. He wasn't able to do anything. And one question that I wanted to bring to you guys was, yeah, our defense looked really, really good. But is there any chance that the the shitty Patriots offense had anything to do with making us look a little bit better? Jason, you're shaking your head already, so I'm going to let you have at this one. I don't think so. I I think we were we were in doubt of the uh, Belichick offense and the Belichick call who's going to call the plays and stuff like that. But yesterday it didn't look like they were making bad play calls. It's just I I feel like our defense was making the better play to get out of the situation. There were a couple of third and longs that you saw the Patriots make plays on and they were be able to be successful on. But you know I I think we matched up well. We played well against them and I don't think they're going to have an issue offensively. You saw that they were able to pick up those plays. We just made better plays. If you Bill Belichick said something last night he goes there was really two plays that this whole football game came down to otherwise it was a very close play uh game which was the fumble and the fourth and seven by Tua uh, to waddle for the touchdown those were the two plays that really turned the game around so i, I don't think they're going to I, i'm not gonna say no we did great because it's the patriots offense they don't know what the hell's going on over there i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna discount the the way our team played that like yesterday slime you want to get yeah a- or you feel the yeah same I- 
No, I personally think that the whole incompetent offense thing from training camp was a huge smokescreen, and they proved that because the offense wasn't bad. Like, again, I think they, like Jason said, we matched up great with them, and obviously their lack of having a true number one aside from Devontae Parker, and then you put X-Men on him, kind of takes away a lot of what they had to offer from an offensive perspective in the first place. But they didn't look like they were lost. I mean, they like they, they made a couple key plays on us. We just were able to make the ones that counted, like the ones in the end zone that would give them touchdowns and stuff like that. I feel like it wasn't an, it, like an easy blow. It would have been more. We could have won the game 40 to something, but you can tell that it was definitely Shit a close up. game. And, and obviously the nutsack on our coach to go fourth and seven on them. And, you know, convert that to a touchdown was fucking monstrous. So I, I, I don't I don't want to discount our defensive performance at all or discount our opponents saying that they weren't anywhere, you know, ready to play, which I think they were they're, they're going to be fine this season. I still don't believe they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be just fine. All right. So a few things that I took away from that and that's um, key takeaway is that we all agree that the defense was amazing and we did good. We're not saying that it was the Patriots offense is so bad and they've made our defense look good so we're not saying that however you both agreed on you said slime said you said we should have won 40 to 40 to whatever it was and jason you countered and you said we should have now why didn't we let's get to the meat and potatoes of this fucking conversation and this day why didn't the dolphins win 40 to zero jason have at it first since you agree with it was game one in a new offense against a Bill Belichick defense. Uh, it's still, yeah, we talk about Belichick's offense and whatnot, but that's still a Belichick defense, and it was a good game plan in which he put against us. I think we left a couple points on the board that we could have capitalized. That final two-minute drive, I'm great that we, you know, ran out the clock and we were able to get the win, but, you know, we, we could have scored there too. Um, there were a couple drives where we could have done some bigger things. You know, there was a lot of points were left on the board but it was game one against a bill belichick defense i'm fine with it i think it was a good good game slime i mean it obviously factors down to the man of the hour to a tongue by a right i feel like he was pretty hesitant on a lot of plays not getting rid of the ball fast enough not checking all his reads um he still had a solid game even without that big play from waddle he still would have thrown for over 200 yards um, on the game, and I think his passer rating was at like 100 or something like that. So he played a decent football game, but I just feel that. And, you know, we lost Terran Armstead for a few snaps. You know, our offensive line looked a little depleted as well. Uh, I felt like we were dropping like flies at, at, at one point, but everybody kind of kept checking in and out. So I, I just think that, bearing the injury, you know, the right side of the line just still not giving Tua enough time, um, even though, again, he should be getting rid of the ball. Uh, I felt like that was a big factor on why we weren't just kind of capitalizing on, you know, a weaker team. Yeah, um, so for me to jump in here, um, the reason I think we didn't win 40-0 or whatever it is, um, I just don't think we looked good offensively. I don't think we looked good offensively at all. What, we rushed. We didn't even rush for 80 It was yards. bad. We Yeah, it was under we 75 yards. That, yards. that affects the game plan. Okay. That affects the game I, call. I feel like Tua, it was the most uninspiring game ever. I did not come out of that game feeling, yes, we finally got our quarterback. A week ago, we're on the show talking about we're not going to be that team that takes 10 to 15 deep shots a game, right? We're not going to be that team. We all agreed that we'd take about four or five, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't take one. The whole game, the Patriots are playing eight in the box. You got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle one-on-one on the corners. Like, why aren't we taking these shots? Does McDaniels not trust Tua to take these shots? You guys have a take on that? 
he's calling the plays. I mean, if the shot's not there, he's he's got it. McDaniel has to put the guy in the position to call the play, right? To make the great play. If the shot's not there, then don't just throw it there to satisfy everybody saying we're not throwing down the field. Be smart about it. Take the right play. Take the right call. Look, Tua had 33 attempts yesterday. I think out of all those those 33 attempts, there was probably four questionable throws that you saw from him. But of the 33 attempts, I'll take that because, yes, he left some plays out on the field and he made some bad decisions. But in game one of a new offense, he shows that there's room to grow and he's making progression. I don't understand. 23 of 33, 270 yards a touchdown. No interceptions. Didn't turn the ball over. Joe Burrow throws five fucking picks yesterday. You know? I mean, that's why you got these guys. He fed Tyreek. He threw him the ball. Tyreek in himself. What did he have? He had Tyreek had eight for 94. I mean, that's not a bad game. So this is what you have him here for. You're going to feed him the ball. And obviously, they show that they're going to. That new weapon, that new toy. They're going to use it, and they're going to use it a lot. And it was game one against a tough freaking team and a tough defense. So there's room to grow. There were obvious plays left out on the field, but I think there will be improvement. And as the season and as the offense gets cohesiveness and they get together, things are going to show better. But I I don't know how you could be rats off a ship off of that performance. It just it wasn't inspiring to me. There were throws in the dirt he missed Tyreek Hill twice one time he skipped the ball to him another time he threw it behind him I mean these are big plays that you 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 could afford to like miss those plays like one or two times a game but come on there was like you said four throws to me that was like six or seven oh, he but you see that from every NFL quarterback every Sunday man they, and there was like four maybe five questionable throws and you get that from every NFL quarterback. Every some Joe Burrow threw five interceptions. He also threw about almost a fucking five touchdowns and came back. He threw, but he still threw five interceptions. I mean, for God's sakes, Matthew Stafford had a twenty three point six quarterback rating. We're not talking about Joe Burrow. We're talking about no, but that's the point. It's you're you're hate watching Tua when he plays. You're ruining your own experience no. on a Sunday. No, I'm not ruining my. You experience. are. You're ruining your own experience. <laughs> Very optimistic about this team, and I think we have the potential to be great. What we got away with yesterday, you're not going to get away with that against the Ravens next week or the week after when we have to play Buffalo. That's not going to happen. You're not going to win football games scoring one touchdown a game. We talk well, about- I saw I saw them beat the hell out of the Ravens already, so I'm not worried about that. What? Listen, what? Listen. What? We- Did you not see them too? I saw that game too. It was a great game. Great defense. But we talk about room for improvement, and we talk about the ceiling. I'm sorry, but I don't see how we're going to get much better, and I don't see Tua getting any better. It looks like the same song and dance from last year what? where the defense and special teams carries us. Here's where I agree with you. And I kind of disagree with you because it's it's a it, my vantage point of looking at it is encouraging. I saw Tom Brady win hell a lot of Super Bowls with a great defense and a weak offensive system where they were dinking and dunking. OK, if this kid can have that same situation where he's dinking and dunking with a great defense, then we can do the exact same thing. And I'm OK with that. I don't need him to throw for five thousand yards. All I need him to do is not turn the ball over. And if he can do that and be efficient 
within the offense, I'm fine. And this is where I'm saying where I agree with you. I agree to a ceiling isn't as high as let's just use Herbert, right? Because he's the next guy we're always going to compare him to. It's not as high as Herbert. I agree with you there. But I think within the offense that we're at and with the defense that we have and the team that we have, it's a fit. It fits. It works. It'll win you games and it'll get you to where you want to go as long as he's not making the stupid turnover plays. That, that's the vantage where I'm looking at it from. Yeah, well, you got you to gotta look at it this way, too. And this is kind of half giving credit to and half where it's not like the system is based on the run game being proficient. Right. So the fact that we ran the ball so fucking bad, that's going to be a big problem. And that's going to affect Tua because guess what? You're not going to have to stack the fucking box and you're going to have to make Tua make the call. Is he going to sling that shit or is he going to be, you know, seeing who's coming across the middle and you're going to have your linebackers waiting to take somebody's head off? Like it just like it's if your run game sucks, then you're not going to be able to progress and be good at throwing the football. That's just especially for Mike McDaniel's system. He's supposed to be the run game guru. And like Chase Edmond ran the ball 12 times. There's only like for 25 yards. Like if we're not running the football well, it's going to translate into the passing offense and it's not going to be well, especially for a quarterback who Jason just admitted is not good. Well, doesn't have a high ceiling as Justin Herbert, but fair enough. I'm just, I mean, just toying with on. you. But, but either way, but I'm just saying, if you don't have a quarterback who's going to be, you know, your Lamar Jackson, your Justin Herbert is going to break the game open for you, then you need to have a proficient run game. If you don't run the ball well, you're not giving Tua a lot of hope to play well, you know? I mean, he, personally. He, he just adds, like, no dynamic or explosiveness to the team. Like, No, I get it. You want sexy, not- but that's not him. That's not who he is. He's not going to throw the ball down the field 15 times a game for 60 yards. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Justin Herbert. Like, yeah. he, he, that's not his game. Today, but <laughs> we'll save that for later in the show. But yeah, it's just to me, it was very uninspiring, and just I, I feel like this team has the potential to be so great. And um, if I think it was the complete opposite. Good, if we're gonna see a good tool, we need to have the running game because he can't do it on his own. He's of course just, not. Yes, one hundred percent. I agree with you on that one too. One, one more thing, guys. You you don't have to agree with me, but holy shit, how many times did this idiot? throw the ball while almost being taken to the ground and just gift the defense the ball. Bro, take the fucking sack to a... Yeah, these are the things he's got to work on. Yes. Please. Yes. Like, this, uh, he definitely needs to work on that. He gets that's, shaky the in the pocket. Yes. Yeah. When he gets the... When the pressure comes on, play. he gets very shaky. And that, like, look, I'm a, to a guy, I think he's going to be good. But, of course, he's got his faults, and it's clear. I could see them. I'm not blind to it. You know, he gets shaky in the pocket. And he needs to get rid of the ball sometimes. Take Or take the sack or just get the, rid of the ball. Stop trying to force the play and, and steal that extra second that you're not going to get. You're not going to get it. He's not going to get it. Um, but, yeah, I agree with that. He he's, he's needs to learn how to get rid of that ball, and he's a little shaky in the pocket when the pressure is on him. Um, he's got to be better at decision-making. But I think these are coachable things that you can fix, you know, especially when you're watching the tape and you got a, a coach as smart as McDaniel who's able, clearly, uh, you can fix these things. You sit down in a room, watch some tape, put it on paper, put it into practice, put it on the field. Let's see. Have, and you have, have an entire season. I have a question for you, Jay. <laughs> How how many games playing the style of football that we played yesterday? How many teams do you think we can beat? Can we beat teams like Buffalo? Can we beat Baltimore, Cincinnati, the Chargers, the whole AFC West? Can we beat those teams with Full. the style of football that we played yesterday? 
Okay, so full honesty, yes, I think that we can because the defense is so good. Um, but no Buffalo. Buffalo, I I feel like Buffalo is gonna kick our ass both times. I was convinced earlier that we might steal one, especially this first one, but. Man, that first game watching Buffalo on Thursday last week, I mean, they looked like a machine, and I am horrified of playing them. (laughs) So no against Buffalo, but I think, yeah, we can win. And not only that, but Andy, you have to think about this. Do you really think that there's going to be no improvement week eight? You're going to see the same style of play week eight from week one? I think there's going to be improvement. I think the defense is going to get better, and I think the offense is going to get better. The running game, the passing, everything. It's just not going to be the sexy type of offense that you're going to want to see. It's not going to be 450 yards a game with five touchdowns. It's not Joe Burrow. It's not 70, 280, two touchdowns maybe. And the key factor is don't turn the ball over. No no interceptions. That's it. That's going to be the key factor. I guess I have to I have to see it happen because yes, please. For, for me, there's no precedent. Like I've been watching the kid for two years. And I just truly, honestly, see no improvement. I just feel like he's it's, it's the same. Like it, like he has his tools. He's good at the five to ten yard throws. And like I just feel like, I, and then then I see it again to start this season. So Hold on, like, though. He made a twenty yard out to Tyreek Hill. That shit is not an easy throw to make, and he it got it. It was an interception that Tyreek stole away. What you t- no, I'm talking about the not the, the the air. I'm talking about the 20 yard out that he made to Tyreek Hill from one hash mark to the sideline. That's a hell. That's an NFL throw, and he made it. Look, the first throw. Yes, what the fuck? Like WTF, dude. But you think put everything into pre- high snap. The pressure was in his face. We already said he doesn't make good decisions when the pressure's in his face. Yeah, it was bad. the The whole situation was bad. But you look at the game in total. He had a very good game, and he did not turn the ball over. And for me, man, gets my dick hard. Don't turn the ball over. Wow. Did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Gives me a chub. I I just – I got to see it. And I I think, like, okay, how – how are we putting a limit on how many games or we're giving him the whole year and it's going to be week 16 and we're going to still say he's got time. To no, win. no, that's <laughs> obvious. I, I would say realistically, look, by by week 10, if it's not a proficient offense and you're not like it's clear by week 10, this isn't getting better Then, dude. Rats off a ship at that point. Yes. Slime, how, how how long of a leash? I said it's seven weeks, bro. Seven weeks till Skylar Thompson comes in and takes over, bro. That's just how I how I'm feeling. If so, if he doesn't get better, obviously I hope he gets better. I want him to be a good product. I want our fifth round pick to succeed, so it's not a fucking bust of a pick, you know. But I just uh, I just don't see it. Like like I'm not hate watching like Slime is granted, but I I do believe that there's a lot of work to do, man. And it just, I feel like with this system, even Garoppolo was snapping the ball way quicker and moving way better. Granted, they, again, they have Trent Brown, they had an elite offensive line. So that, that factors in it. And and again, a strong run game. So I want him to succeed, but after seven weeks, if this is the same shit, if we're getting, you know, barely scraping with 20 points a game, I don't think we're going to be able to keep him on the leash for that long. 20 points a game with seven coming from the defense. And another thing, special teams was awesome. Jason Sanders was great. Uh, This punter, Thomas Morstead, was pinning them inside the 10. So we got good things. But let me ask you one more question, and then we're going to close it out here. So we're giving them a a leash of what? Slime gave them seven. Jason, where are you going? I said week 10, but meet in the middle. Week eight, week nine. 
Hey, hypothetically speaking, the Dolphins are eight and two. Two is basically, you know, yesterday. Is he a top ten quarterback at that point? Can he be proficient top ten? Because right now, at the moment, he's a top ten quarterback. Week one, yeah. he's top ten in stats. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, can he sustain that? Can so he that's, sustain that's, that? I think if he plays at the level that he played yesterday, he throws seventy uh, percent. He throws for let's just say two hundred fifty yards a game and a touchdown a game. Um, how, are you guys okay with that? No, so a touchdown boring. a game has to be so much better. <laughs> so it's got to be more than one touchdown a game. And if it's if it's two fifty, he's getting seventy percent. He's throwing two touchdowns a game. He's not turning the ball over. I think that's enough to allow the defense to do what they're going to do all year long. Because guys. It's not the offense that's the strength of this team. Clearly, it's the defense. The defense wins championships. The defense is going to carry us, okay? So if he can play the way he played yesterday and continue that, sustain that, and only get a little bit better, more proficient-wise, more efficient, the defense can carry us, and we can win like that. I don't think you can get more efficient than he did yesterday, though. 23 um, I think so because I think he could – I think he takes he, – he gets a little gun-shy sometimes, and he double – guesses himself and you could see it while he's in the pocket because you you look at him he step back and he's like throw the ball you know and he doesn't yeah, we do yelled, so throw I think, the ball like six times yesterday. yeah so i think he, he's gotta <laughs> he's gotta like you know stop thinking so much and just let it fly man that's it and and that's how you get a little more efficient and that opens up throwing down the field and get the running game better because the running game under 75 yards, that's going to affect the passing game as well. So you got to get more efficient in the running game. You got to get more, you know, you know, more out of the offense. And another thing, and we haven't spoken about this. Um, I'm done with Mike Gusecki. Can we fucking get rid of him? <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, what about Mike Gusecki? Uh, he had one catch. But are we blaming Mike Gusecki? Because we know he's a fucking talent. Right. He doesn't fit in the offense. He's the square peg in the he's circle. A, That's it. Yeah, he doesn't he's, fit. He's a bad it, fit. And we said this. He's a great player. We know that. But he, he doesn't fit in the offense. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. We got and a, why, why use a roster spot on that? Yeah, we got the comment section coming in here. Numbers lie when it comes to Tua. Another um, hate watcher. No, I didn't. <laughs> I just feel like the numbers were, were, were a little deceiving yesterday. They looked good, but when you watched the game, it was like, man, it, it wasn't inspiring. You, you didn't he left see, plays on the field. You didn't see nothing great. Like you said, he left plays on the field. Like mm -hmm. maybe, maybe numbers lie is like a tough way to put it. But damn, when you really think about it, he had the best quarterback rating yesterday in all of football. Um, this completion it was percentage. just an ugly football game. That's all it is. It's just it's ugly the Patriots. Like, it's it's game pretty. one, yeah. a division it's game. That's you know he did good for that. If that's if this is let's just say okay, so if this is going to be one of your toughest type of matchups, think about with everything that's going on. Game one, new offense, all of that stuff. If this is going to be your toughest situation, and that's as bad as he's going to play, I'll fucking take that. Yeah, I would take it too, but we know that's not going to be the toughest fucking game. No, ever. we don't know because we got to wait for the season to play out. Uh, come We're on, playing a lot of really good teams this year, bro. <laughs> I think you're okay. So then, come next week when we beat Baltimore, what's going to be the excuse at that point? What? And he has the same type of game. What are nope. we going to say then? It's it's just him. That's all you can blame. We said it. If he plays like this for uh, for eleven straight weeks in a row, we're not satisfied. Didn't we all just agree to that? You're not. No, 100%. I. 
but you said the record is is if they're eight and two. If they're eight and two and he's playing like this, I'm satisfied because we're eight and two, man. I don't need him to throw for five thousand yards at the midway point of the but season. You, yeah, but think, competition changes in the postseason too. You think that's yeah, it becomes more of a defensive running type uh, uh game, and that fits right into our offense. Man, well, if, theoretically, yeah. it, it would fit right into our offense. If if you think that's sustainable, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I just don't think that that's sustainable and that'll get you to, let's say, an AFC championship game or potentially a Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it. And I don't think our, our we don't have fucking Derrick Henry or Adrian Peterson or LaDainian Tomlinson, nor do we have the O-line that is that great. So I just like looking ahead. I don't I don't see it. I, I don't know. You say I'm hate watching. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just not happy enough. I, I thought there was so much more, bro. He's it's, so defeated there. He goes, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. No, I'm I just yesterday he just he like, just wakes up to upset watch the Dolphins like damn it. Dude, I, it's just we were so excited. I just thought we were gonna see more. Did you guys not have m- more expectations yesterday? No. Yes, of course, but like you have to also be realistic and 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 just because it didn't live up to your expectations, it doesn't mean it was a shit show. I mean, there, there was signs of improvement and, and we got room to grow. <laughs> and we got a W. Yeah. So we got next week we're we're at home. We're on the road. At Baltimore. On the road. At, at Baltimore, yeah. At Baltimore. So that's going to be a tough. I'm so excited. I, I want to see Tua on the road. I want to see Baltimore on the road at Baltimore. Which, Watching our future quarterback. <laughs> wish, bro. Here, Another here. jersey. <laughs> I wish, but uh, and uh, any fi- I'll give both of you final takes. I know Jason's will be a little bit more optimistic and get the crowd really excited. Not so, really. Um, oh, well, to, to be honest with you, wait, um, look, if, 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 if the kid doesn't work out and if this is the best that you're going to get, then like I was talking to Javier yesterday, you have to improve that position. And if you come out of this and his ceiling is maybe a couple more yards than what he got yesterday and a touchdown here or there, that's not I, – I think you got to get better at the position. And being okay. that you have the capital to do that – Go fucking get Lamar Jackson. But, but wait, so this is where I, I disagree with you. And I don't know how we're like so far apart. He threw for 270. You give him a couple more yards, he's at 300. You add another touchdown, he's at two touchdowns. Dude, if two is passing for 300 plus and two touchdowns a game, I'm his fan. Let me be more specific. When I said a couple more yards, in my mind, I meant like 10 more yards. So I'm thinking 280, 285. That's what I'm thinking. You know, if he's throwing, yes, for 300, fucking of course. But I'm thinking 280, 285. That's what I'm thinking. Um, And then two touchdowns, you know, but he's obviously going to throw in. No, he's going to throw interceptions. That's uh, it's yes, it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Every quarterback throws it. But is he going to throw more interceptions than he does touchdowns? And I don't see that happening. Um, no, but no. If, if, if say, like, his year ends off with the same numbers that he did last year, let's just add another 500 yards to the total yardage that he threw, but same touchdowns and interceptions where it's, like, 16 to 10 or 18 to 10, you got you to gotta move on. You have to move on. If the season ends where he's at, like, 3,000 yards and 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions type shit – Go make the fucking move and tell Lamar I'll pay Lamar whatever he wants, even though Baltimore doesn't want to hit a certain number. Steven Ross, you know he's going to hit that number. This dude doesn't give a shit. He's literally crapping out $100 bills every day. So 
give the kid the money, send over those draft picks, and bring them home to Miami. Yeah, and after next year, you, you got to pay to us. You're going to give him $250 fucking million? No, like I said, Hell if the numbers no. are the same, if the numbers are like a 3,000 with 18 and 10 type situation, absolutely not. Rats off a of shit, man. Done. Experiment over. You had your weapons. You had your line three years in this. Go. It's It's no longer working. I don't think it'll be that. I'm hoping it's not that. But if it is that, donezo. Let's move on. Yeah, um... One last thing. Dog days of summer, and rats off a ship, man. I'm stealing those. <laughs> these are good. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But uh, a slime, uh, final final thoughts from yesterday's performance. And, Jay, I'm going to come right back to you one more time. Um, slime, final thoughts on yesterday's performance. And uh, what are you looking forward to in next week's game versus Baltimore? I'm looking for a super big adjustment to the run game. We got these big, strong backs, um, fast backs. I want to see them in action way better than we had them. We got to figure out this offensive line. I don't want it to be another season where we've invested in the offensive line again and they're just underperforming. So uh, especially that right side, because that's to his blind spot. <laughs> like you need to make that right side work. Uh, so I, I expect, you know, a lot of film getting broken down in the running game and the running backs room. And I hope, you know, that that gets better because it only going to make two a better. And then hopefully the guy can throw for a legit 285, 300 yards and two touchdowns. We'll see. I will say this with the running game, though, on that. Yeah, they didn't hit the numbers that we wanted them to hit, but we did see the same movement that we were expecting to see. They were moving on. Yes, yes. That pre-snap movement, we saw that's there. So it's there, guys. We just got to let it come together and work itself out. But I believe by the time we get to like what you guys are saying, that week six, week seven, we're going to be having so much fun, and we're going to be a happy uh, pair of fans. I think so. I hope so. Uh, Jason, uh, looking forward for next week's game against Baltimore. Any adjustments, uh, um, things that we need to do better, or what are you looking for? What do we need to stop? Uh, give me a take on next week's game. Our secondary has to do better at coverage. I would say Nick Needham and, and that, that entire group has to get a lot, lot better. And on the offense, um, obviously, it's it's what we've been saying all day. It's the running game and to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, stop being a little bitch, man. Pull the trigger and fucking throw the ball. You know, that's it. And, and if we can do those things, it, everything will work itself out. Title of the show, Stop Being a Little Bitch. I love it. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the drink of the day. If, if that dolphin talk didn't get you a little thirsty, um, something's wrong with you. <laughs> Take it away, Slime. <laughs> All right. So we're drinking from Vezasur Brewing, one of the Miami Dolphins sponsorship brewing companies. Uh, we're drinking their Born and Raised Blonde Ale. And uh, Slime's actually going to join me on today's drink of the day. So without any further ado, let's uh, crack this bad boy open. Not All right. Jazzy J joining in with the Oktoberfest. Yeah. Nothing like to see it. Or a wicked hangover, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> Salud, Salud, boys. You want to give it a go first on what you taste in there? Yeah, um, it doesn't taste too special to me. It's, it's pretty fucking regular to me. Uh, it's got a phenomenal looking can. It's beautiful. It has the dolphin's art on it. It's good. But other than that, I just think it's uh, your basic run of the mill, uh, run of the mill light beer. It almost tastes like a little bit better than like you know your typical. Miller Lights, Bud Lights type things. Uh, maybe your palate is tasting something different. Yeah, so um, 
this is actually a pretty cool collab that they did with the Miami Dolphins. As you guys can see, the can uh, has our logo on it, obviously our colors. And it's uh, it's labeled Para Todos Los Fins Fans, for all the Fins fans out there, for those who don't know Spanish. This collaboration with the Miami Dolphins is an American blonde ale with a balance between hops and malt that lends itself to a simple, light body taste that has a pale malt sweetness and a bready, biscuity flavor. So that's what I do taste. I do taste like kind of like a sweet, I don't know about bread. I don't taste like banana bread or anything like that to me. That's when I think of breads like, or wheat bread, like I don't know. Um, but I do taste like a, a really, really like small sweetness to it. And uh, it's super, super light. And I feel like you can slam what well, we did slam like 10 of these yesterday. So <laughs> shout out to Vezasur. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a regular decola for me. Nothing too crazy to jump around about them. I'll definitely smash them. They're good enough to fucking smash them. So <laughs> we'll say that. All right. I think so, uh, for the pregame, uh, I think this is the one of the ones we shotgunned before the game started. So I gave think, us some I, luck. Mango to the, the mango. The mango. <laughs> but all right, moving on, guys. Uh, we had a full slate of games um, yesterday. But before they started, Sunday, we had a game Thursday. We did a pregame show. We spoke about it. Me and Slime. We couldn't believe how Buffalo was such a favorite going into the defending champs home uh, with the additions that the Rams made. Uh, Jason went on the ledge and he said, I'm going to stick with Buffalo. And I think they're right about it. Uh, Jay, you nailed it. Josh Allen, uh, front runner for MVP, looking amazing. Gabe Davis picking up where he left off. Stefan Diggs looking like a legit number one. Um, Jason, Speak on it. I'll, I'll let you have it first since you're the only one who got it right. What did you see and why did that happen? I mean, this is one of those ones where I wish I got it wrong, man. Holy shit, that Buffalo team. <laughs> Josh Allen in MVP form. Stefan Diggs, haven't, they haven't skipped the beat and the defense. I mean, they're just going to get better as Yo, the year goes. Von Miller looked like he was fucking 25 years old. I, I was happened? wondering... They gave him the six-year deal. I'm like, what the fuck? Made no like, sense to me. This? <laughs> yeah, this <is> no <laughs> sense whatsoever. So much smarter than us. <laughs> oh, then, my then God. See, you see him on the field. You're like, dear God, what happened? Yo, I'm like, Super Bowl. why are you paying him so much money for that long? It makes no sense. Yeah, they knew what the fuck they were doing. That's why they have that job, and we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Buffalo's scary, man. They're good, and they're good all across the board. Defensive line offensive line obviously they have one of the top five quarterbacks in the league um their wide receiver game i mean gabriel holy smokes i andy you were talking about him in the draft and man they they got a squad they are scary and i hate that they're in our fucking division and it looks like we got another we're fucking chasing somebody else in the afc east man yeah, and, so but this guy, this guy's twice as big, twice as fast, and twice as strong, though. It's like fucking Goliath. The guy led his team in rushing on carries and yards. He had 10 carries for 56 yards. This guy's stiff-arming DBs to the ground and just pushing through. It's just like, dear God, man. Same with, same with the when they drafted him. We're like, who the fuck is Josh Allen? Why the hell did they draft him so high? They knew exactly what the hell they were doing. And yeah. uh, clearly, we don't get paid enough just yet to do that. <laughs> Buffalo dominates. Um, they... Between them and the Chiefs, we'll get to the Chiefs a little later, but uh, they're looking like the kings of the AFC so far. But uh, moving on, the Baker Bowl, man. Baker loses to his team uh, once again. I think me and Slime went Panthers and Jason went Browns. 
So, so far, you're 2-0 on these. Uh, we still got a bunch more games, but um, you got it right again. Uh, what did you see that you thought that would get this win for the Cleveland Browns? Baker Mayfield. I that's, mean. All I <laughs> that's all that's, I needed that's to That's bullshit. See. That's bullshit. <laughs> See, this is where I'm the, I'm the Baker, uh, Baconon, I guess you could call it. Like, Dude, what happened was Jacoby Brissett threw for 140 yards and one touchdown, but Nick Chubb ran for 140 yards. That was the big difference maker there. The that was what it was. was it, the running game. Yes, the running game. I, I had full confidence in the running game, Chubb and Hunt, and I, I just felt like that duo uh, could sustain. Because I don't think Carolina is a good team anyway, so I felt like you can go in there and you – Cleveland – is a good team. They should beat a team like Carolina. So that that was it. No, nothing crazy. Yeah. So that was that one. I thought it was very interesting. And finally, I get to toot my own horn. Uh, Slime, can you name me more than one receiver on the Bears? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> just Daryl Mooney. I called it. I just had a feeling that uh, Trey Lance wasn't going to be that great. Um, I thought he would underperform. I think there's a lot of hype around him. Uh, his first game back had to travel to Chicago. Uh, not only did he have to travel to Chicago, he had to deal with just terrible fucking weather. And um, I, I, I just had a good feeling. I, I had an itch, and I fucking took it, and I got it right. So uh, I think Jason's having some connectivity issues. I really wanted to rub this Bears win in his face. <laughs> I think he's really part is, when you when when you see like the stats of all these QBs that played, even Justin Fields only threw for 120 yards, uh, Trey Lance for 160. It's like, damn, the two have really played that bad. Oh <laughs> uh, man, like the comment uh, we had. The Thank comment. God he's gone. He's gone. He, he's not <laughs> here to see. <laughs> yeah, guys, let me tell you, fucking two of fucking sucks, bro. I can't wait for him to be gone. Uh, I think he's legit the worst quarterback in the NFL. I really, I got to get it in while he's not here. I know. I really, I'm, I'm just speed rounding it right now. Go for it. Really quick, <laughs> 15 to 20 other quarterbacks in the NFL that will be way better suited to carry us to the playoffs. Um, is there anything else I could say before he comes back? He's not that handsome either. <laughs> all right moving on unfortunately you had to sleep on the couch because you went with the vikings for this pick and sure enough the vikings did come through holy cow the packers look bad little homie if you're listening i love you but geez you guys should have never let Devontae adams out of the building the vikings look like the kings of the north and uh slime give me your takeaway from that game uh, just, yeah, their offense is looking incredible. Justin Jefferson was just, like, otherworldly. Nine catches for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen was, you know, putting himself in good positions, even though he didn't, you know, ball out like he would have. Dalvin Cook not skipping a beat. But what I thought was a big difference was the defense, man. Minnesota's defense with Zadarius Smith, who, who was the head Mike linebacker in Green Bay, another guy you shouldn't have let walk the fucking building either. Like, he made his presence known. I think I saw a clip earlier today of Aaron Rodgers actually trying to put a hit on him, and he knocked Aaron Rodgers' ass to the ground, and Aaron Rodgers got up talking shit, stumbling, and he's like, yeah, boy, you better watch it coming at me like that. Uh, but it was it, it really did set the tone. Uh, Kirk Cousins is proving, you know, a lot of people don't like him. Thinks like, He gets like the Tua rep. A lot of people just don't think he's a great football player, but he actually does put up decent numbers, and he's helping that team win football games. And I still think that they're going to be crowning that NFC North division because they just look like – very, very good. Looks like O'Connell's bringing in that system, and that offense is just super fluent, and I'm, I'm excited for them. 
Yeah, I'm not excited that the Packers weren't good, but if any yeah. comparison about him with Tua, maybe they probably don't like Kirk Cousins because maybe he's too risky with it, or maybe he takes too many chances. But um, Jason, you missed it. Uh, you left the chat, and we ran through about fifteen to twenty quarterbacks we would have replaced Tua for. Man, <laughs> it's a good thing I wasn't here for that one. <laughs> my phone, my phone knew what was coming, and it said, "Abort, abort." <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you left, I was like, "Come on, let's do this." <laughs> But uh, uh, the, we're saying the Vikings, man, they look like the king in the north. Uh, we had the comment um, last week. Uh, we quoted Aaron Rodgers where he said um, every year there's a team that think they're, they're going to dethrone us and take us. And uh, we all laughed about it. And we all agreed with Aaron Rodgers. Granted, it's only week one. But, oh, my God, did the Packers look bad? And um, I'll give you credit one more time. I give you a lot of shit for Tua, and that's probably really the only thing me and you just really fucking go at it about. But um, Justin Jefferson, you said he could be the number one overall pick in fantasy. Holy shit, did he have a monster of a game? Give me your take on the NFC North and what you saw from the Minnesota Vikings and what you didn't see from the Packers. Wait, and real quick, before you give your take, Jay, you got to remember also this is take this with a grain of salt because the Packers came out like this last season against the Saints and everyone thought that Aaron Rodgers was tanking the NFL season. They ended up winning MVP and, and shutting everybody down again. So take that with a grain of salt. He did have a yeah. bad game one last year, too. Uh, so let's let's not get too crazy. But I know for sure Giovanni texted me first thing in the morning. Hey, you're going to talk about the Vikings on the show today. I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. But yes, I, I will be <laughs> I, I did preface it with saying, let's keep in mind, it's only week one. Yeah. yeah. So That's so great. It's only week one for every other quarterback. For, but, but two. <laughs> That's so true. Hey, Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP winner. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's got a track record. <laughs> he gets that leash. Let's, let's, let's it's look. like I said last year, you know, R-E-L-A-X. Relax. So, um... I am a little concerned, though, because it doesn't look like there's much. I mean, last year, he still had Devontae Adams. This year, does not. So how are you going to replace that? You guys want to hear his three leading receivers from yesterday? Please. A.J. Dillon was the number one receiver at five catches for 46 yards. Romeo Dubes was the second best at four catches, 37 yards. And then his tight end, Robert Tanyan, three for 36. And then Christian Watson, two for 34. Who the fuck are these guys? Aside from Tanyan and A.J. Dillon, like, where's oh, your nice. receiving core, bro? You need Darren Woods. <laughs> it's going to be it's a difficult season for Aaron Rodgers, um, but – uh, I, I really like Minnesota and Justin Jefferson, man. I'm so upset. Like I, I got, he was there. I was like, oh, and then I, th- I pumped out, man. I pumped out. I took CMC, man. <laughs> I pumped out the very next pick. You took him <laughs> Jefferson. So I was like, fuck. Um, but yeah, man, I went, when last year, when I saw him playing the beginning of the year, I was like, holy crap, this kid is a stud. And then come this year, he just continues to flow. I think Minnesota, of all the teams in the NFC North, has the greatest possibility of challenging the Packers. They have a running game. They have offensive weapons. Um, Can Kirk Cousins limit the turnovers? And can the defense stay strong? Yeah, no picks yesterday. Guys, Bears, Hmm? Packers, Vikings, Lions. 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 There we go. Slime, uh, you were going to say something before I cut you off there? 
No, I was just saying that he had no turnover yesterday. He had he went twenty three for thirty two for two eighty and two touchdowns. That's you know you can't ask for much better than that. You know with that offense and that running game, so it's tough tough to beat. I agree. Do you guys think um, after that show that we saw yesterday, which I think was fucking brilliant, uh, Slam, you mentioned Preston Smith, uh, Harrison Smith was going crazy. The defense was looking amazing. Kirk Cousins back there in the pocket. We haven't even mentioned Dalvin Cook, guys. We haven't even brought him up. Uh, do we think that the Vikings are contenders in the NFC? And can they challenge, let's say, who who are the other top contenders in the NFC? The Rams? Rams, the Bucks. They didn't look that great. The Bucks. The Bucks had a pretty good performance yesterday. But do we think the Vikings can be contenders in the NFC after yesterday's performance? Any given Sunday, man. If you're good enough and you have that type of talent, any given Sunday. The talent there. Mm-hmm. The talent. It. Say that again. Yeah, I think they had the talent to do it. Yeah, I think so too. And the NFC has obviously got a lot of big QBs left, and it's gotten weakened quite a bit. So the division itself is just up for grabs. I feel like, especially if Matt Stafford truly is having elbow issues and he's not 100, percent um, it's gonna be a you know, it's you against the 45 year old man who's gonna win. You know, <laughs> so it's just the 45 year old man's gonna fucking exactly. Win. Exactly. All right. Well, we got some giggles going there. Uh, let's keep it going. Uh, it might not be funny. Maybe it'll be um, informative. Sometimes it's informative and funny. But nevertheless, Slime, uh, we're going to pass it to you now as you get ready and uh, enlighten us and entertain us, if you will, with the good old fact of the day. All right. Yeah, you got it. Uh, sorry, having a little bit of technical difficulties here. All right. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you. All right, awesome. So today's fact of the day was actually a great one, uh, considering all the alcohol that we took in this past weekend. So it's uh, it's called uh, Male Fruit Flies Seek Out Alcohol When Rejected for Intercourse. Is this why all we're right. always getting beat up? Beat up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a male fruit fly will try to court a female by nuzzling her genitals, tapping her abdomen, and singing with his wings. If all that fails, he drowns his sorrows in booze. Researchers from the University of California, San Francisco, uh, in Virginia in 2012 found that male fruit flies are more than likely to choose to eat alcoholic food if they have been sexually rejected by females. (laughs) The team shows that signaling signaling chemical called neuropeptide in the fly's brain underpins this behavior. Men that have low levels of NPF, if they are denied sex, this drives them crazy to seek rewards for alcohol. And given the extra NPF artificially, However, even a sex-starved male fly will turn away from the drink. So there you have it, folks. If a fruit fly can't get it in, he's going to drown his sorrows in booze. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> that was like the story of my life. And if I can't, if I'm sexually <laughs> rejected, I just go and fucking booze it away. <laughs> there you go. So we're not too different from the insects, it seems. <laughs> We're all the same one way or another. But uh, all right, Sly, that was an awesome fact of the day. I, I warned you guys, it's it's either informative or it's informative and entertaining. Today, he hit them both. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Jason, you spoke about it earlier. Uh, the four interception men himself, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl hangover? Or fuck, are the Steelers good? Which one? I think it was game one. I think it was game one. <laughs> Everything's game one. 
I think it was game one of the season. I, I don't think we should overreact on any of this stuff. It's all going to get cleaned out. Um, But I think what we should be like, oh, man, they still got it. Burrow Chase, dude, that connection is sick. And I am so glad that I get to witness this for the next however many years because those guys, what can't they do together? And if they could just sure up that offensive line, oh, my God, Cincinnati. Yeah, and there was a couple plays that were taken away from that connection. I uh, like really, much of space, oh, too. Bro, incredible. Slime, Super Bowl hangover, or are the Steelers that good? I don't think the Steelers are that good, especially not with Trubisky at the helm. I was actually surprised that he even played. I thought Kenny Pickett was going to be named the starter and do his thing. Uh, but this just goes to credit Burrow, man. Apparently, he sat post-game in his locker for four hours, fully dressed, just sitting in silence, going over, you know, the game to himself, and he was just pissed. So I expect a huge, yeah, post game. So I expect a huge game two from Burrow just to kind of shake off the haters and everybody who talk shit. But when you think about it, man, he still threw for 340 yards and two touchdowns on top of all that, on top of the four picks. So from a fantasy perspective, at least, he kind of made up for it a little bit, even though obviously the four picks hurt quite a bit. But no, I don't think, I don't think Pittsburgh's offense looks pretty stagnant. They just, you know, they they played the better football game and Burrow made more mistakes, but I do I do still think that they run that division for sure. Yeah, I think this is a game where we could kind of look at it in the same eyes that we kind of saw the Dolphins game, where it's like that's it's the week one, like Jason said, and on top of that, it's a division game. These are always going to be tough. Nobody knows you mm -hmm. better than defenders in your division. So um, it was a slugfest. The game should have probably been over um a long time ago but these fucking kickers just kept missing field goals missing extra points like the game should have been over the Bengals should have won but uh credit minka fitzpatrick fucking guy for coming through yeah. and <laughs> point phenomenal but uh all right we're gonna move on uh jason's man crush man campbell either you love him or you hate him i still don't know which one it is jay uh, <laughs> can you uh fill me in which one is it do we like dan campbell or well, what is it I don't. I think okay. you don't like Dan Campbell. He's not blasphemy. He's not going to game plan for you to win uh, anything. I think he's just he's a an overrated uh, motivator. The guy's not even Tony Robbins. All right. Uh, he. I <laughs> mean, when he, Dolphins. He was talking about we're going to bite their kneecaps. I'm, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what sense does that make? He said if he had a half a half butt cheek and three fingers, he'd still kick your ass. So you got to remember that. <laughs> Uh, if you tell me that, that would make me run through a fucking wall. I want to play for that guy. <laughs> but uh, the Lions did fall short to the Eagles. Um, Jason, uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts had a lot to prove. Um, I think he looked good in his uh, in week one. He had the connection with A.J. Brown going, I think, 11 for over 151. Um, he was just electrifying with his legs. Um, but more than anything, man, I actually want to give the Lions some credit. They were down by more than, uh, I think, like 10 points in the fourth quarter or more than 15 points. They came back. They ended up losing by three. They came, they came like two third and shorts away from being able to force a punt and giving the offense another chance. So I think Dan Campbell's actually doing a, a decent job. DeAndre Swift, holy shit. Holy shit. Look, looked fucking <laughs> That's that's I have no words but cuss words to just be so excited about his performance. But um, I think Detroit looked really good, and I think if they could just get better on defense, because defense was rough. But who would have thought the fucking Lions' offense would go out there and uh, 
bring them in the game. Take it away. Go ahead. Do you think that same team constructed as they are with, say, Sean Payton as the head coach, do, do they scare you? Yeah, because Sean Payton did, did it with Jameis, you know. But but the, <laughs> but then again, like I said, it wasn't like the offense that made me like not hey, believe. Coach, coach whatever, who's had a Super Bowl and has a track record of being an actual game planning coach, Belichick, whatever you want to do. Anybody else? <laughs> I, guess, I don't I, like this Dan Campbell slander. I, I'm not with this shit. The guy clearly was down by 21 points and came back and lost by three against the team that everyone's saying is going to go to the fucking Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. They, they did their fucking thing, bro. And yeah, I'm with it. I'm voting. Coach of the year, 100%. <laughs> Especially if they make the fucking playoffs. I, I wasn't too sure where you were going with this, Jason. But then when you're like, any fucking coach. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, Guy wants Adam Gase out there to coach the damn Lions, bro. <laughs> Fuck that. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, all right, man. Uh, moving on. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my Mahomes. Um, dude was just slinging it. Five fucking touchdowns yesterday. He didn't skip a beat. It almost looked like it was the Buffalo game, the way he was just fucking throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Uh, we talked about contenders in the NFC um, after yesterday's performance. Do the fucking Cardinals suck? Or Patrick Mahomes, is he still that dude? Slime, I'll let you go first. I, why not both? Why can't it be both? I just yeah, I, I feel like that car, that Cardinal team is super depleted. You see JJ Watt once again not suiting up. I feel like that guy is made out of fucking glass chips. Uh, you know, it's just and then you have Mahomes who even called it before the season started. It's like it's gonna be showtime. A lot of people think just because we lost Tyreek Hill that this offense is gonna be different, but they sure as hell proved that it is not the case. Travis Kelsey still looked in full season form. Juju balled out, did his thing. Um, it's just still fucking this guy might be the greatest talent to ever play the position and we're, we're seeing it before our eyes and uh and he just proves it over and over again that no matter where he's at on the field he's putting that shit wherever the fuck he wants and and they're gonna be great you know just, people get upset that you that these guys make it to the afc championship game every year it's like well they got this guy for the next 13 fucking years so good luck stopping it, <laughs> That's just how it is. jason uh, i'll propose the same question to you are the chiefs contenders in the afc or are the fucking Cardinals just not that great? It's so crazy. It's like one player makes such a world of a difference. You look at the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, how fantastic that they are, or how garbage they are. They look like their offense was lacking. And then you look at, um, uh, what's the other team? The, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. You look without Tyreek Hill, didn't skip a beat. I was like... <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Uh, Mahomes did not, you know, skip a beat. He was spreading the ball all over the place to guys that I was like, oh, my God, who are these guys? I felt like there was number 10s all <laughs> over the field. Like, what the hell's going on right now? But it's <laughs> Mahomes, and it's so crazy how the absence of one guy on one team, it's like, oh, my God, we really miss him. But then you look at the other team who's missing the same position type player, and he's gone, and it's like, yeah, we don't give a shit. And it comes down to the quarterback. What can the mm -hmm. quarterback clear as day? Mahomes is that guy. And you know what? Like Ozzy said, get used to it for the next 13 years. Yeah. yeah. 360 for five touchdowns, boys. I you think that's <laughs> and a, a great analogy. I, I kind of never looked at it through that lens. Like you have like kind of the same scenario where like 
fuck guys uh the Arizona Cardinals did start off the year like 7 and 0 last year like they were really I don't know <laughs> I don't know and uh but you take away their star and you take away this team star one underperforms the other one still continues to perform uh i guess the common denominator there is the quarterback and how much credit are we giving Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are they getting a lot of credit or is are we giving this uh, hell yeah it's got to go. They got to they got to put the game plan together. They got to tell him this is how we want to run the game. And obviously he's got to execute it. So I think both parties are fantastic. I mean, there's no slander on Andy Reid on my watch. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, the guy can't do no wrong for me. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's been successful. And you got to love a coach who looks like that and does what he's able to do. So go Andy Reid, man. <laughs> there we go. All right, moving on to um, our second-to-last game. The Giants pull off a victory on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Um, this game was crazy. Tennessee was up 13-zip. Um, Saquon Barkley had just a phenomenal game, guys. Uh, SB is back. I'm not even going to ask you, do we think, if he's back. He's fucking back. And the Titans have a really good defense. And um, that that tells me everything I need to know if whether SB is going to return to form. Uh, Jason, did you want to interject and say something there? Yeah, I want to say full disclosure. I didn't see this game because fuck everything New York. Um, <laughs> so I'll let you guys take from there. <laughs> Pretty much the the Titans did yeah. blow thirteen point lead. Oh, you're you you're you're the same way. You didn't see this game either. Uh, no, I, saw, I mean, I saw, I caught the clips on Red Zone. I saw Saquon doing his thing, but uh, was there maybe a bigger game that I didn't want to see over the weekend? Maybe the Ravens and Jets game, probably. Uh, I don't know. But uh, but no, you know, good sneaky win by, by New York. They need all the ones they can get. They're hurting their draft stock because they might not get many more after this one, but might as well make a statement and, and do your thing week one. So one thing I did want to speak about. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, thankfully it was against Tennessee. That helps us as an AFC team, so I'm good with that. Yeah, not just that. Another thing I wanted to speak of is that we all spoke about how big of balls uh, McDaniel had for going it on fourth and seven. I, I don't know who goes for it on fourth and seven, and there was still over 24 seconds left on the clock. McDaniels went for it. This Giants and Tennessee game, the game was tied, I would say, like 20 to 20. Um, there was about maybe a minute left on the clock after they scored a touchdown to tie the game. Brian Dayball chooses to go for two and go for the win instead of go for one to tie it. Um, how crazy is that? Am I the only one that thinks Brian Dayball's got the biggest dick in the NFL now? Like, holy shit. Second biggest, second biggest. But also, <laughs> at the end of the day, like uh... – wins don't come easy, right? It's kind of like the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler taking that three when he could have driven to the lane. It's like, you got to just make the call. You got to make the call and go for it, you know, because what, what you're going to risk going to overtime against these guys and having Derrick Henry run through you again? Like, why put your defense through that? If you have if you have the availability, you feel like you have a good enough play call to make it happen, go for the fucking W, and I'm glad they did. Yeah, I know I said I wasn't going to ask you guys. Jason, you got something? Yeah, not only that, but what do they have to lose, you know? <laughs> And I don't mean that offensively. I just mean, like, what do they have to lose? I mean, this is year one, new coach. They're in a rebuilding mode. Why not? What's this, you, you got nothing to lose. Go for it. Let's see what your team's all about. Yeah. Do, can we all agree that uh, SB is back? Oh, yeah. fuck yeah, yeah. bro. 18 yeah. for 164. <laughs> you, did, you, you can tell you put some wear and tear on him that game. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I want to I want to just mention one thing. Like I saw, I watched the NFL replays of like all the games to like just try and like see what the fuck is going on. SB is back, but if if he continues the way to play the way that he's playing, he's not gonna last long. Okay, it's a- go ahead. That hit when he got into the end zone, right? Everything you, I, when he dove in and the guy went red, I was like, oh. and then he stood up. I was like, okay, he's okay. It's it, uh, it's almost like that time. Yeah, no, it, it's reminiscent of like uh, I believe it was 2011, LeBron James, his first year in Miami, where it seems like SB isn't playing the game out of love and fun. He's playing the game with anger that everybody gave up on him and said he sucks. And the way you see him finish every fucking run is just a little bit unnecessary. And holy shit, I don't know how long he can last playing like that, but the guy is playing with a fire and, like they say, a chip on his shoulder. It's fucking obvious. And I hope uh, he lasts throughout the year, but... Man, uh, impressive. SB is back, and we all fucked up by passing on him in fantasy football. I'll say that much. And I give I give that credit to Dayball, the coach. He's a running back guy. I'm pretty sure the moment he got that job, sat down with this kid and said, everybody's shitting on you. And to be honest, I probably don't even know what you got left. So go out there and show me, and let me tell you, that'll motivate the fuck out of somebody when they're hungry. Absolutely. So, this kid. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. But all right, before we close it out, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. If you waited, this is your treat for the good old He Did What. All right, so we're bringing back He Did What to the Sunshine State, the week one winning Miami Dolphin city of Miami. (laughs) Oh, I already know. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. So this is going to be a combo He Did What. All right, so so (laughs) – for the Dolphins people that came after a sweet victory, they come back to their car. Somebody decided to leave a damn gas grill on next to a fucking running car. And guess what? Blew it up. Blew up like seven cars in the damn parking lot. <laughs> so he did what? He left his damn grill on and then he started an explosion at the stadium. Uh, and I'm pretty sure like half a row of cars were just fully destroyed and burnt to a crisp. Uh, so... Don't do that. <laughs> Don't leave your fucking grill on and go watch a football game. Like, that's yeah. just not cool. <laughs> but, uh, all right, that's your first he did what. Your second one, because that was just too good to pass up. I had to put that out there. The second one is also based in Florida, and the title goes as follows. Florida man with no arms stabs tourists visiting popular South Beach area. Guy fucking stabbed somebody with his feet? An armless Florida man was arrested after he allegedly stabbed a tourist. Jonathan Crenshaw is a homeless street artist in Miami, Florida, who frequently paints on canvases near tourist attractions around South Beach. Crenshaw, 46, uses his feet to paint and allegedly uses feet again to stab a tourist. Cesar Coronado, after midnight, the newspaper reports. Miami Beach police allege the artist clutched a pair of scissors in his feet and stabbed the visitor twice. However, Crenshaw claimed he was acting in self-defense, telling police he was lying. He was lying down and Coronado, who was visiting, punched him in the head. So that caused him to grab those scissors and stab the dude twice. (laughs) So before you go, and I think that's true. I think there was a drunk tourist, kid's 22 years old, sees a homeless guy on the floor, slapped him in the back of the head and didn't realize the guy's from Florida and grabbed the damn scissors with his feet and stabbed him twice with a pair of scissors. (laughs) And he had to get the cops involved. Who wins this fight, guys? (laughs) 
I'm going for Mr. Crenshaw. <laughs> if you if you can kill me with your feet, you deserve to take me out, bro. <laughs> so that's your that's your he did what for the for the week. <laughs> uh it's a big shocker, but all right, boys, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh we've gone over the hour. Uh today was so much fun. Um I could do this shit all day and we could keep the clock running, but well, uh, we all got shit we gotta take care of. Um let's wrap it up. Uh slime, I'll let you go first. Um what you're looking forward to next week and actually Jason, go first. Give us some insight on next week and then slime, you'll plug us in as you always do, and you could also give your final thoughts. First and foremost, thank you to everybody out there supporting the show, giving us the views and the uh, all the clicks and views. We love that. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm looking forward to another Dolphin game coming out with a W. Uh, I want to see how the offense uh, expands. I want to see how they uh, mature. I want to see how the offensive line uh, grows together. I want to see what the running back guru, the running game guru, can do uh, against a very good Baltimore defense a very good Baltimore team and I want to see how we attack Lamar Jackson again last year they went at him that was remember they they started that 0-7 run and then with zero defense and then boom it, it clicked so now Baltimore knows what's coming how are they going to counter punch and I want to see how Miami's going to react to that one good thing I loved about the Dolphins game this week is that when things weren't going well for them they didn't buckle under the pressure. They kept trying to do new things and trying to figure out and work their way out of the hole. And I love that. I want to see that progress. I want to see that going forward. Um, and, you know, just thank you guys. Great show. And can't wait to guys, talk to you guys again next week after another Dolphin W. Fins up, baby. All right. All yours, Slime. Take it away. Uh, Well, another beautiful week of football is on the way thursday night we have chiefs and chargers that's going to be just a light show of amazement from two amazing quarterbacks in the same division so it's going to be fun to watch that and obviously we got the dolphins at one o'clock versus the ravens i just really want to see that run game expand and see you know what edmonds and moster could really put out on the field for us i want to see Jalen phillips go into that preseason form where he was lights out in training camp and doing his thing i want to see that you know secondary continue to Hold it down while Byron Jones is gone, you know, and, and just enjoy watching Xavier and Howard play football because the guy is clearly one of the best at that position in the league. So, uh, yeah, excited to talk next week for a dub. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for the support. We've had some amazing, amazing, amazing feedback and reactions to our posts as of recently. I think one went as high as 60,000 views and likes. So please keep commenting, engaging with us. If we want to talk about your team a little bit more, if we didn't get too in-depth with it, please reach out to us, DM us on Instagram, Twitter, Anywhere you can reach us, Facebook Messenger, uh, so we can make sure that we show your team some love uh, on next week's episode. But other than that, you know, amazing fucking time as always, boys. This was great. Uh, it, it, I love that Jason kind of conceded in the Tua battle a little bit. Actually, Andy conceded at the end of the day, and he just was just like, you know, he's going to hopefully just try watching the game next week with a different lens and see if we come back with the same kind of feedback. I'm honest. I didn't concede. I'm honest. <laughs> My eyes allow me, and that's it. That's fair. Your hypocrisy only goes so far, as you famously say as well. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so again, great week. You know, catch us, rate, subscribe, review, resubscribe as always. Please keep showing us love, and we appreciate all you guys. So let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at, wherever you are, if you made us, the Circle of Slime, a part of your day, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you guys so, so much. It's been an amazing week with my boys. 
Can't wait to watch some more football on Sunday. And let's do this shit all over again. It's me, your boy Skinny, Jazzy J, and the one and only Ozzy fucking Fresh. Peace out, everybody. Boy, hitting the mind